Hello, and thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. We are continuing our series on the Beatitudes. This has been really delightful, and I'm excited to be talking about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what is right, and they will be satisfied. Hmm. It's interesting because we just talked about meekness in our last episode, right? And then this one, it's like hunger and thirsting. And I like to say for righteousness because righteousness is such a powerful word. Um, And it sounds so much more proactive, right? So, so much more energetic, this hunger and thirst for righteousness. You almost think of like the crusader who just wants to, you know, make, things right and to abolish the ills and, right. you know, and we all long on certain deep level for justice across the board. What is right and good and just. I think there's a deep longing in the human yeah. heart for that. We often talk about this juxtaposition of justice and mercy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like last week when we talked about meekness, meekness is really a mercy, right? It's, it's, understanding that, that, you know, other people have different perspectives and, and being open to those perspectives and being merciful if you have disagreements and not just getting angry. And, but hunger and thirsting for righteousness comes from a sense of justice, that there are things in this world that are just not according to God's will. And that that is hurtful to your heart if you're one who desires God's will. But then again, if not ordered towards God's will, if not coming out of a place of holiness, someone be- can become self-righteous. Oh, and then we get into trouble. That is not a beatitude. Self-righteousness is not a beatitude. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> so when we are talking about hunger and thirsting for righteousness, we are looking at the world from God's perspective And saying, what is his will? What is his desire? What has he shown us through Holy Scripture and tradition is his desire for his people. And when there are things that stand in contrast to that, we should be sad. We should desire it to be different. We should not be complacent. This is something actually that the Holy Spirit has really put on my heart quite a bit um, recently is a certain... I'm going to just use the word because it's not a very nice sounding word when I use it. I have a disgust for the complacency of so many Christians Mm. who just, they don't seem to care that there are souls being stolen for the enemy day in and day out. And we are not feeling compelled to just go and seek the lost to fight against the the spirit of the age that says things like death and promiscuity and, you know, licentiousness and greed and all these things that are so contrary to God's will are just accommodated and they're, they're even lauded in so many ways. And then the Christian, where is, where's the Christian that says, no, Not in my father's house, because just as Christ came to the temple and, you know, turned over the tables and had the court of, you know, where he was whipping it around saying, you have made my house, father's house is meant to be a place of prayer and you have made it a den of thieves. This whole world is the father's house. It is his creation. 
And we are meant to make it a place of praise and not a place of defilement. And so, wow, okay, I'm just getting a little Amen. crazy there. But yeah, I like that. I know. I'm like, oh, just let her go. Let her go. Yeah, all <laughs> I right, love it so when you get that way. Walk it back. <laughs> no, walk no, it back. You're so good. <laughs> but so you know, good. this is the reality. You know, you know that that song, it's a Christian song, and it says, um, Christ, make my heart hurt for what hurts yours. Oh, gosh. If you pray that, watch out. <laughs> right. And that is really what this beatitude is about. Oh, okay. Isn't yeah. it? It's saying, I hunger and thirst for righteousness, for what is good, for what is true, for what is your desire for your people, Lord. Right. And it is literally a physical pain to me. Yes. To see it not being lived out in the world. Okay, so now I have kind of like um, kind of a little bit of insight of what's going on in the culture, and it's I, I've been using this word, this phrase, a couple times a week now because I think it really exemplifies what's going on, uh, particularly in our country. But it is the poverty of prosperity. People mm. become so very complacent because they're comfortable right. and they have what is good. Or according to their, so their world gets a little bit smaller. I'm good. You mm-hmm. know, it's a poverty of prosperity because they, their, their personal needs are met. And so they forget their brothers and sisters in the Lord. They don't want to get uncomfortable by saying those, all those uh, sins that you just mentioned to call those out in our Christian brothers and sisters, which is our call right. as Christians yep. to speak that fraternal correction. And we need to be doing that in a greater way. But somehow in our culture, it's like, let you be you and you do you and I'll do me. The relativism kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing. How are we going to be a witness as Christians to the non-Christian, to the secular when we are not living among the body of believers in a way that is coherent with the gospel we're supposed to be preaching. You know, people love to say, oh, you know, practice the, you know, speak the gospel always, but you know, only use words when necessary. Okay, fine. You know, I think we need both and, you know, we need to speak Absolutely. the truth of the gospel, but we need to live among the body of believers in a profound and really countercultural way the Christian principles that we're supposed to be preaching. Otherwise we're just going to be, you know, look like a bunch of hypocrites, (laughs) right? You know, banging gong. So how much division within the body of believers, you know, that's, we have to start there, you know, and get our house in order as far as what is right. What does God call us to? And he calls us to unity, right? He wants us to be united. He wants us to be one in the Lord. And so if we're, if we're complacent with the divisions within our church bodies, like we're not going to be able to then go out and be witnesses to the world. So we should, I would say, when starting with this beatitude, let's hunger and thirst for what is righteous within the church so that then we can be these authentic witnesses to the world. Right. And I'll, I'll reel it back into a little closer to home, which is under our own roofs. For those of us that have adult children or in, in maybe other cases, our siblings who we could start right there. Well, absolutely, because that's the first little cell of of the church, right? You know, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, Red Sea Catholic Radio, which is the um, 
organization that produces our podcast. Our supporter. It, it stands, our lifeline. <laughs> right. It stands for Religious Education for the Domestic Church. That's what Red Sea stands for. And this idea that our own domestic church, getting our own house in order, is the is the first place to Cornerstone. start, right? Cornerstone and of the, the whole culture. So if we're going to focus on that, maybe, like, what is hunger and thirsting for righteousness in our family life look like? Maybe we could just focus on that particular relationships for this episode. Because, you know, obviously these things are huge, broad topics that we could talk in every aspect of life. But within our families, how can we, in a way that's authentic and powerful and effective, hunger and thirst for righteousness? You know, live in the Ten Commandments on a day-to-day basis in your home, teaching them, living by them, you know, keeping the Sabbath holy. That's a Mm -hmm. very big one. That's, that's a huge one. I think that many people that kind of falls to the wayside at times, keeping the Sabbath holy, you know, just being good to neighbor. It's what is it? It's separated into three parts or, uh, which is to God, to self and to neighbor. Mm -hmm. How are we doing that? How well are we doing that? Yeah, two things really come to mind for me as it relates to the family. How do we treat each other and what do we allow into our home? Mm, oh, that's such a good one. You know, and so I think a lot sometimes we, because of, you know, how the, the closer you are with people, the more comfortable you are with people. Sometimes your standards of how you treat them can actually drop quite a bit. You know, you you feel more comfortable to be rude or snarky or dismissive. You're no longer on your best behavior when it's like, right. say, just an acquaintance. Because it's so comfortable, yeah. right? Well, I think we need to start calling ourselves to higher standards of behavior within our homes about how we treat each other. So, you know, say one of, say somebody's talking, you know, they're talking, say, you know, say one of your kids come home and starts talking about their day you know you're at the dinner table maybe and or not at the dinner table because whatever maybe people aren't even having dinners together maybe you need to start doing that but but anyway and then so somebody's like they just decide well you know what i'm really bored with listening to what you know my sibling has to say so i'm just going to get on my phone now and start checking it out while the person's like mid-sentence or interrupting. Or, interrupt, really or interrupting. Or interrupting. Yeah, house. exactly. And you know what? It's like, how often do we just let that go? Instead of giving the time out and saying, look, you are not treating your sibling with, with respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's rude to do that. Like, that is hungering for the righteousness in your home mm-hmm. of, of treating each other well. Or, you know, something. Stopping, you know, say your spouse is speaking to you in a way that's disrespectful or they're, you know, not being meek and they're being, you know, very aggressive. Time out. Wait a second. This behavior that is going on right now, this isn't who we want to be. This isn't righteousness. Let's 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 dial it back and let's treat mm-hmm. each other with respect. Mm-hmm. Like to, to really honor that in the moment instead of just letting all the things pass. You know, it's interesting as you're talking about that, Megan, the one thing that really stands out to me is a loss of just common courtesy and manners. Just like, you know, I'm a little bit ahead of you in generation, which it was very much stress, but even um, in later generations, simple things that we were 
we really emphasize around our kitchen table things like the children asking, may I be excused? Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of manners, may I be excused from the table to have permission to leave the table. Um, again, I'm just I'm equating courtesy and manners to justice. Right. And it, it speaks to acknowledging the dignity of the other. And in the end, pretty much every abuse that happens in the world comes from a dehumanization of a person and disrespecting their dignity. So the really smallest little things that, you know, some people may now just dismiss as, you know, manners, quote unquote manners. It sounds so prissy, right? But the reality is, is that if you are faithful in the small things, you will be faithful in the larger things. Mm -hmm. And if you are unfaithful in the small things, you'll be unfaithful in the larger things. So if we in our families train ourselves to be faithful in those small things, to acknowledge the dignity of the people within our family in such a way that they feel valued, that they understand themselves as beloved children of God, then they are more likely to treat others that way. And we are more likely to treat others that way in the bigger things. It's like, you know, if you're an athlete, you didn't start running a marathon, right? You started running one mile and this home is the training ground for running the marathons in the world of, of being light and salt to a world that is just so quick to undermine the dignity of, of a human being to the point where they'll kill the ba- baby in a womb, that they'll kill an elderly person because they're no longer useful, that they will, you know, be totally fine with the use of a woman's body or a man's body in pornography for just the pleasure of another, completely destroying their dignity of self. Like those things don't seem like they would be connected to, may I please leave the table? But they are. Mm-hmm. And we got to start with the small things so that we can be faithful in those big mm-hmm. things. So true. And when I was talking about the things we bring into our home, it kind of speaks to that as well. Do we allow media into our home, mm-hmm. which um, uses the Lord's name in a way that is disrespectful to the Lord Jesus? How many times do you hear Jesus's name used? in movies and TV shows with like not even a thought and you know, just slides over people. Do, can we not acknowledge that that is a grave offense to our Lord to use his name in vain like that? Absolutely. Or commandments again. Yeah. When we tolerate, you know, programs where there's all sorts of, um, unchaste living or gratuitous violence, all these sort of things that we allow in our home. Are we hunger and thirsting for righteousness when we just complacently sit by and allow those to pollute our home? So true. And music, you know, like what oh is your teenager gosh. listening to? Oh my gosh. Music. <laughs> oh my. It is incredible. Some of the things that are being put out onto the airwaves and not just like in some like s- small zone, like no. the big Big music radio stations where number one songs are literally verbal porn. Okay, I'll even take it one step further. So I asked my my daughters the other day about this uh, artist. What do y'all think about this Billie Eilish? And my teenagers Ooh. even said, "Oh, mom, it's straight up demonic." You know what her na- her latest uh, her latest single is? Mm-mm. Lucifer is lonely. 
Oh, goodness. So, I mean, it's str- it's not even in the shadows anymore, people. <laughs> Although, honestly, I would like to le- read the lyrics. I'm going to le- read the lyrics okay. because that title could actually have a very holy message if written properly. I'm not saying that it is. So I'm going to read it. So I'll be meek at the moment with that and say, you know what, I'm going to do the homework on that. But the reality is that a lot of this music that's out there is really, really evil. You know, it really is. And it's promoting ideas that are straight up from the enemy. And we really do have to be willing on guard. Yeah. We got to be willing to be the bad guy and say, you know what? We're turning that off. That is not going to be in our home. This is a Christian home. Why would we bring that into a Christian home? Right. And I do think that a lot of times we, even if we have a response of hungering, thirsting for righteousness, so often we don't act on it because we don't want to be perceived as uh, over the top, no fun, not cool. Our desire for human respect is trumping our desire for the righteousness of God. Right. Another part of the righteousness that I think is so important to remember is if you have a tendency to feel like, well, they're just words, um, you know, it stays on the TV. It doesn't really actually permeate through your home if you're watching it. I'm just saying some people may feel or think that way. Well, I want to convict you that our Lord spoke the word and the world into existence. That's how powerful words are. Monitor your words and monitor the words that are in your home. And that is the beginning of righteousness in the home. Right. Yeah. And, you know, let's go to the second part. And, and you know, the Lord gives the promise. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be satisfied. Now, he doesn't say you'll be satisfied in this world. Right. He doesn't say you'll be satisfied to in a way that like is exactly what you thought it would look like. But he said you'd be satisfied because what the satisfi- satisfaction is, is aligning your will with the will of God. And in the end, God's will wins no matter what. And the corollary here is if you do not hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be dissatisfied. And that is the truth of the world. When you try to just go along to get along and you are a lukewarm, you know, person who doesn't, you know, speaks, you know, oh yeah, Lord, I love you. But then you don't stand up for what is his will? What is his standard for righteousness? What will happen in the end? You will be spewed from his mouth. He will turn from you and say, depart from me. I never knew you. And the dissatisfied nature of living in that reality, you will hunger and thirst for eternity and never be satisfied. And that is no place that anyone wants to be. That is not a beatitude. (laughs) Sounds like damnation. And so... We want to feel fulfilled in this world. Yeah, we want to feel satisfaction for the desires of our heart. But the Lord will never give us what is not good for us. So if we're caught up with not hunger and thirsting for righteousness, but being complacent with unrighteousness and hungering and thirsting for the things of the world, God cannot give us what is bad for us. And we will be left unsatisfied. Amen. So last time 
we have a little mea culpa to give because <laughs> we made a commitment at the outset of this uh, Beatitude series that we were going to end every you know, beatitude with a prayer and we didn't do it last oh, time. Goodness. So we are going to correct that and, uh, and, and end today with a prayer. So sounds good. You want me to lead? You want to oh, lead? Please. Okay. All right. I'll lead. All right. Let's enter into prayer now in the name of the father and the son, and the Holy spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for standing on that mount and giving us these words of beatitude. You didn't want to just tell us what to do, but you really wanted to show us how we will be blessed, blessed in this life and in the next. And today we have discussed that it is blessed to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to hunger, hunger and thirst for what is good and what is true and what is beautiful, because these things are of you in the end to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lord is to hunger and thirst for you and to desire to have hearts that are like unto thine Lord Jesus, transform our hearts, transform us into ones that desire you and desire the goodness that you want for your people. We trust in you, Lord, and we trust that your will is perfect. What is righteousness and what is truly perfect is your will. You have said in that prayer of all prayers that we ask that the Father, that it would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when things on earth are not done in a way that is ordered towards your will, that is not your desire. You want this world to reflect the heavenly realm where God is all in all and God's will is performed perfectly. And we know that in our fallen state, it'll never be perfect here until you come again to make all things new. But Lord Jesus, we ask that you would help us to be those who would help to bring about your kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand if it is in our hearts and in our souls, and if we are striving to do it through your grace and we can do nothing without your grace, Lord God. So we ask in this moment that you would give us the grace to hunger and thirst for what is true righteousness. Give us eyes to see and hearts to know what is true and to long for it and to work for it. Guide our feet, Lord, be a lamp onto our path, onto the roads of righteousness and give us courage, give us fortitude, give us those gifts of the Holy Spirit that we need to be your hands and feet in this world that hungers for righteousness, but has become so blind to the truth that they don't even know what it is. Let us be a lamp to the world. Let us be a light on a hill. Let us be salt and light. Guide us, Lord, in your goodness and in your truth and help us to always hunger and thirst for righteousness and long for it in such a way that we are not driving others away, but are drawing people into your very heart, your heart that burns with love for us. Grant us this grace, Lord God, that we may be your ministers in this world. We place all these things in the hands of of your mother whom you've given us as our queen and as our intercessor. And we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen.
the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Megan. Thank Thank you you so much for joining us. If If this has really blessed you, and we pray that it has, please share it with a friend. But until next time, I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. God bless. God bless.